for episode 441 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the groovy creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio where you will also find a link to today's special guest Heidi Stevens. Heidi Stevens of the Feminine Collective. She's a mentor. She's a speaker. She's a podcaster. She specializes in helping other women elevate their lives in terms of spirituality, romance, finance, all the ways that so many of us are looking to elevate our lives. And when I say elevate, I mean expand, reach for something more, follow that kick-ass dream in your heart without paying such a heavy price, burning yourself out, pushing past your limits. She teaches women how to do this in a flowy, receptive feminine way that it's groovy. My word of the year is groovy and she is teaching women how to pursue the kick-ass life of their dreams without suffering, without suffering, without trying to do it all to the point of exhaustion. So that's what's coming up here in a minute. In just a minute, I don't think I'm going to do a very long ramble here today because I'm not feeling great. My lungs are still bothering me. And I really, speaking of pushing yourself past your limits, I had a very interesting day and now I can really like feel my lungs and there's quite a bit of coughing going on. I guess I'll explain it a little bit. I I have fallen behind on the first season of the podcast. It's funny to say that because I've been podcasting for years and we're on episode 441, I think, if I'm counting correctly. Sometimes I forget to add in the Patreon podcast, but I think we're at 441. And But I wanted to take things seasonally. And then, as I've already mentioned here, the son and I got the son, the son and I, <laughs> the kid and I, my son and I, got hit with this knockdown drag out really intense flu and he seems to be fine now but the coughing portion of it has lingered for me for weeks and this is I think something you'll all find relatable the coronavirus is happening now people are freaking out I really wasn't freaking out I was staying aware I was following instructions and Yesterday, they started really like clamping down here in Los Angeles. And now all of Tanner's, my son's programs are closed. They've closed Disneyland. They've canceled just everything that involves big crowds of people pretty much have been canceled. And I had the thought like, wow, I wonder if they're going to end up closing grocery stores. Maybe I should pick some food up. I don't know. 
and I had tried to order toilet paper. I tried to buy toilet paper in person, and it, I couldn't find it in any of the stores. And so I went to Amazon. One of the gifts of this flu is I discovered the beauty of Amazon Fresh that you can order. This is not. A, it sounds like a commercial all of a sudden. I have I have no affiliation with them. I'm just a customer. But I found out I can order groceries and have them delivered to my house for free in two hours, which was a lifesaver for me on the days where I literally could not stand, much less get dressed, put it, you know, get in the car and drive to the store. So that was awesome. And so what I did is I came home after checking for toilet paper in the stores and finding there was none. And I went to order some on Amazon Fresh. And to get the free delivery, you have to order $35 worth of goods. So I threw a few things of toilet paper in there. And then I was looking around and I ordered a bunch of groceries. And then by the time I was like, all right, that seems like enough to get the free shipping and to get some groceries in the house, I went to check out. And they were like, oh, we're sorry, your items have now sold out. The toilet paper was gone. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll just order just through regular Prime and it'll just get here in a couple of days. 100% of all of the toilet paper on Amazon is sold out. So then I went to Walmart.com and tried there and 100% of the toilet paper is sold out. Well, to kind of sort of make a long story short, I ended up buying toilet paper on eBay for $35, $35 for 12 rolls of toilet paper. And anybody who would listen to me talk about this, I would tell them about this because I found it appalling. <laughs> and then today when I woke up, I got a notification from that seller telling me that, which he has not done yet. And, and it's been a whole day saying he needs to refund me my order because he he doesn't have enough supplies. And my dad goes, it sounds like to me that he just wants to charge more. And so I clicked on the item, and sure enough, he has doubled the price for the exact same item and is selling it. So he's one of these people <laughs> who are buying up. This is why we can't buy toilet paper. There are people that went out, bought a bunch of this stuff, and now are charging us silly, silly amounts Greed, greed, greed is happening. So this is a very long story. Ugh. Why? Why can't I keep it short? I don't know. I don't know. I talk a lot. I talk a lot, okay? <laughs> it's a good thing I have a podcast. So today it was pouring down rain and I'm like, okay, we're going to be out of toilet paper here very, very soon. And that is not going to be good. And maybe I should get some canned goods and other things in case the stores close. So I sucked it up and I went to Trader Joe's. And you can probably imagine, you've probably done the same thing. It, it wasn't good. <laughs> I ended up parking two blocks away in the rain after much circling. And I'm not say, talking about a little sprinkle. I'm talking pouring down rain. Walked two blocks to Trader Joe's. When I got there... All the carts were left in the parking lot. They hadn't been bringing the parks, the, the carts back into the store. So I had to trudge back into the rain to fetch a cart to bring it back into the store, which was super duper crowded and the shelves were quite empty. <laughs> and I bought like $200 worth of whatever Tanner and I could eat, you know, canned goods, frozen stuff, lots of really heavy stuff and no toilet paper. And then I waited in the forever line 
to buy my stuff. And I get it all in the cart and I'm pushing it out to my car. And it's one of these, per, I just want to say for the record, I always return my carts to the little station. I feel like it's good karma. I always do it. And I fully intended to do it today. I'm pushing my cart out and it, it has one of those sensors on it that makes the wheels lock up so you don't leave the parking lot. <laughs> and I almost ate shit in the rainy parking lot. And I realized, oh my God, I have to carry $200 of canned goods and frozen stuff like bracelets up each arm and dangling off my fingers two blocks in the rain. And these bags are made of paper. Damn it. <laughs> so here's what happened. I did it. I somehow magically made it all the way to my car. One handle broke, but I did not drop the groceries on the ground. But my lungs hurt after. Like, I could feel my lungs because I'm not all the way recovered from whatever we had before. So there's that. This is... This is not conducive to podcasting and all of the talking that I like to do because it makes me cough and then I have to pause and edit and pause and edit and pause and edit. So here we are <laughs> with one of those pause and edit. Oh, you know what? I'm going to tell you a funny story. I'm going to tell you a funny story because I want to make you laugh because I'm pretty sure that we're all already sick of the news and all the coronavirus related sob stories, personal, petty ones, like the one that I just shared. There are very serious stories of people's lives on the line. You should be paying attention to what to do next. Like, I'm not saying tune out the news, but let's have a little laugh, shall we? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> you know, my son, his middle name is Golf Ball. He named himself Tanner Golf Ball DeVoe. He is golf ball obsessed. We have thousands of golf balls in our house, thousands and people want to gift him golf balls every birthday and Christmas. If he gets a little bit of money, he wants to buy golf balls. And then at the program that he works out, he volunteers. He does volunteer work all month long. And they pay him in one $5 gift card for Target once a month for his work. And so it takes him three months to buy a bag of golf balls. So he finally had his three gift cards to buy a bag of golf balls. And the rule with us is then you have to make a bag to give to the Goodwill before you can bring another bag into the house. Because truly, like, we have a golf ball hoarding situation on our hands. It's really intense. <laughs> if you hang with me on Patreon, you might remember at Vlogmas, I showed you a large portion of the golf ball collection. It's very serious. You can vouch for me. Please do. <laughs> this is real. So we had... We actually had a couple bags of golf balls, and one of these bags was like a leftover Christmas, like wrapping paper kind of bag. And we went to Goodwill, and there was no parking because, hello, Los Angeles. So I parked illegally, and I was like, there's just a door where you just run through the door, you drop the things off, and you run back out. I'm like, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. I just didn't have quarters for the meter. We were in a metered spot, uh, but I didn't have quarters, and this old-fashioned meter wanted quarters. So 
I'm like, okay, let's hurry, let's run, let's get him through the door so I don't get a ticket. So we pop the trunk, we get the golf balls out, and Tanner's going, um, mom, mom, your bag is gonna rip. I'm like, not now, kid, not now. We have to get the golf balls <laughs> into the goodwill. And then the bottom of my bag dropped out, and by my estimation, I believe about 75 golf balls went bouncing down either side of the sidewalk and into the street. And my son has autism, and one of the manifestations for that with him specifically is he does something called stimming. Like when he gets really overstimulated, he will like stiffen up his legs and put his hands like up over his face in this fluttery way. And he's doing that like, oh my God, 75 golf balls bouncing everywhere. Ah! And I'm like, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> so we're running around catching them all like Jerry Lewis, John Candy, Chevy Chase ridiculousness. And I believe we caught every single golf ball and we shoved them in our pockets and my purse and like took them into Goodwill in batches. It was extreme ridiculousness. <laughs> Is that funny? I promise you it was funny in the moment. Maybe it's one of those had to be there kind of situations. And there's, there's a couple of recommendations I want to make to you as well. One, now that we're all on lockdown and being encouraged to self Quarantine is probably pretty useless now at this point, but I'll give it a shout anyway. It's for Pixar's Onward. And this is a movie, it, this movie came out right when the coronavirus was breaking in the news and it did not do well in the box office and some people want to blame it on coronavirus and some people, I don't know what they want to blame it on. They're kind of split about it. But let me tell you, it's an excellent movie and it's all about magic. It's about magic. It's about this little town called Mushroom Ton, like where all the houses are shaped like mushrooms and these two brothers and their mom. It's really a, a, a love story between brothers. Magic is gone from their world. It was replaced by technology slowly over time. So society has lost magic completely. And the older brother is obsessed with like some Dungeons and Dragons kind of game. And he like knows all the weird. He's one of those nerds. He's a Dungeons and Dragons nerd. And the little brother who is turning 16, is really, really nostalgic for a dad he never really knew. His dad died, their dad died when he was really little, and the only one that really has memories of the dad is the older son, or is the older brother, and of course the mom. And so the 16-year-old on his birthday, he's depressed, he's sad, he misses his dad, he really doesn't have any friends at school, and his mom, to cheer him up, is like, oh my gosh, your dad left you this special present, I'm supposed to give it to you once both of you boys have reached the age of 16, and it turns out to be this magic wand, and come to find out the dad was a nerd too, who believed in magic, and the wand is wrapped, it has like this, this glowing like citrine looking crystal and it's wrapped in a magic spell that is supposed to bring the dad back for one day and the brothers try to bring him back and they only succeed in bringing back his legs <laughs> and so from there 
The entire story remaining is a quest to bring back magic. They only have 24 hours with their dad, so they go on this huge adventure to find magic, to bring back their dad, and it's beautiful. It's so sweet. Two of my favorite movies, my my favorite spiritual teachings are pop culture movies. One is Groundhog Day, and the other is the never-ending story, the cheesy 80s version. Because there are, are spiritual lessons built into those movies. And this movie had a couple moments like that. One that I love that I don't think is a spoiler is one of the tasks these kids on the quest have to achieve is crossing over like this bottomless, it's a cliff, like a drop off. And how would I explain it? Like they need to get this drawbridge down, but they can't cross if they... There's like a, what is it when there's two cliffs side by side and if you fall down, you fall down to the center of the earth and you definitely die. It's like that. <laughs> and the the brother, the little brother is the one that the magic works for if he holds the wand, but the older brother is the one that knows the spells. So he like feeds him the spells. He knows them because he's this Dungeons and Dragons nerd and it's not Dungeons and Dragons in the movie either. It's some other thing, but it's that's really what it is. And uh, so the the brother teaches the older brother, the Dungeons and Dragons nerd, teaches the little brother the spell, which involves him having to walk out on basically what would be an invisible bridge that is built on faith. So every step he takes, he has to have complete faith that he will not fall. And I was just very, very, very excited about this idea. It's such a cool spiritual teaching. I can't say the whole movie is like that. I felt like they rushed some character lines, but not enough to make the movie not enjoyable. So if you feel like being very bold and going to the movies, I recommend checking out Onward. It's a bummer that it's not doing well and you probably aren't going to go to the movies now anyway, but there you have it. It's super cute, so rent it when it comes out, I guess. The other thing I wanted to recommend is C.L. Polk's Witchmark. Witchmark, Witchmark, Witchmark. Put it in the Google search. Go to Amazon. Go to your independent bookstore and look for Witchmark holy shit this is the book that we're reading right now in the book club for patreon and i'm just dying for more people to read this book so i can yell at you yell with you about it (laughs) it's so good it's just packed with magic very unique original intriguing cl poke creates this fictional world There's some really interesting, clever world building, but it's based on Edwardian London, roughly. And basically the first 90% of the book is one giant, extremely entertaining setup for the last 10%, which is the part that I promise you, if you read this book, you're just going to be like, ah, I have to talk about this with somebody. You get such feelings, such feelings. Holy shit. Witchmark, Witchmark, check it out. I'm going to ask her if she'll come on the podcast. I know, you know what's happening also because of this pandemic is 
you know, they're canceling huge, massive, you know, the NFL closing down Disneyland, but also all of the cons, all the big cons, all the big events, all the book cons. So maybe we need to have some more authors on the show because they're not having as many venues to reach potential readers. And that's a huge bummer, don't you think? I think so. Oh, oh, something. I'm going to mention it, but I don't have all the details yet. So this is sort of a like kind of save the date heads up that I had this idea early this morning. Like we should have a witchy town hall with some awesome... When I say old school, I'm talking like <laughs> YouTube years, which are like dog years. Some awesome old school YouTube witches. We should have like a witchy town hall, like an emergency town hall for coming together as a community and talking about self-care and staying calm and, and working our healing magic and all that good stuff in light of this pandemic. So I reached out to... Some of the YouTube, which is that I came up with and that I still love and admire. And so far, it looks like if all goes well, there, I'm still waiting to hear back from three people, but it looks like Molly Roberts, Chris Ashburn, and Joey Morris will be joining me on Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time on Zoom. So you'll have to be on one of our newsletter lists, or I guess we can post on social media too. But I have found that Zoom is awesome. It's the least glitchy platform when it comes to getting a bunch of people on video at the same time to do something like this. So Zoom it will be. And those are the rough, sketchy details. I just had the idea this morning. I was super excited that three of the people like reached right back and they were like, yes, let's do this thing. So yay. And hopefully we can have it set up so you all can participate because that's the point. I really want us all. There are so many introverts in this community and so many people that have issues with anxiety and, and depression. And I really want to emphasize the community that we have. The witchy community online is vast. There are little pockets of it, you know, there are like communities within the communities. So I think it's interesting to gather together as one big community and just lift each other up and show that, hey, hey, we're not alone. We're all in this together and we'll make it through together. So that's something really fun to look forward to. And then speaking of which, it is time now to give a shout out to the amazing people who support the podcast over on Patreon, I need to stop talking here too because I, I feel <laughs> I feel the cough arising from all the talking here. But let me let me thank the new patrons because that's very important. Speaking of community, we have a kick-ass community, especially since I hooked Discord up to my patron Patreon. Now, like we sit there and we chat with each other in lifetime. It's so cool. What I love about Discord which I think originally was set up for gamers to chat with each other, but we just a bunch of witches using it. <laughs> People that are interested in personal development, not everybody's a witch. I say you're an, honor an honorary witch <laughs> if you're in the community, but you can set it up by 
channels. So my server has a bunch of channels on it. So, you know, you can go to the dream interpretation channel, or you can go to the inner temple of witchcraft channel, or you can go to the dream team channel or the book club channel. And I love that. I love that. There's almost always someone there to talk to. And it's so much fun, so much fun. Anyway. Okay. So Thank you to anybody who has ever supported the podcast ever, ever, ever. But a special shout out to new patrons, Paige, 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 the fat feminist witch. Oh, my God. (laughs) Paige, who just made me buy or she didn't make me. She inspired me to buy (laughs) Billy Gentry's vinyl record and ode to Billy Joe. Paige goes off on these she just gets in the mood like with one singer and she'll start posting a bunch of pictures usually it's a a really cool woman maybe it's always a woman i don't know but often like really awesome retro music and she was on a roll one day with bobby gentry and then i was listening and then before i knew it speaking of ebay i was like clicking buy it now (laughs) for a vinyl record of an ode to billy joel and that's all Paige's fault And I'm super, super happy about it. And another cool page thing is when I was in like fifth or sixth grade, I was diagnosed with chronic bronchitis. And I was mortified when I asked my mom what the word chronic meant because her answer was forever. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to have this forever. And it was bad. Like we had the humidifier in my room and just you know, bad, bad bronchitis, enough to go to the doctor and get diagnosed with chronic bronchitis. But really what that means is that you will, it'll just circle back. You'll have recurring episodes of bronchitis in your life. And that really depends on your immune system and how well you're taking care of yourself and probably luck. And so it doesn't circle back around for me that often, maybe once a year, maybe less, maybe twice a year. So I really didn't have that in mind when I got this like knockdown drag out flu that I've been talking about. But Paige one day on Twitter posted, hey, you know, hey, like to anybody like me, apparently she has chronic bronchitis. To anybody like me who has chronic bronchitis, you might like to know that bronchitis is a wet flu. This is disgusting. I'm sorry, but I have to share. (laughs) And the coronavirus, or is, excuse me, a wet cough. And the coronavirus is a dry cough. And I was like, oh, thank you so much for posting that. Because I did in the back of my mind, I was wondering, like, did the kid and I get coronavirus? And we're just one of these mild cases that you know, how many people are flying under the radar right now thinking they have the flu when they've caught like a mild case of the virus and we don't want to be spreading that around. Now, do we? No, we do not. So I thought that was very informative and helpful. So thank you, Paige. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited that that one of my favorite podcasters is supporting my podcast. That's amazing. Also, thank you, Brianne. Ingersoll. And let me apologize too to people whose name I mispronounce. I do it almost every episode. I'm I'm so sorry. I try my best, but you know, I make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I try. Thank you, Janine Megaloranzo, Amber Enos, and one who wishes to remain anonymous. And I should repeat, I've said it here before, but I haven't said it in a while that 
If you want to be a patron of the Hippie Witch Podcast and you do not want me to give you a shout out here publicly, all you have to do is pass me a note on Twitter or email me or hit me up on Patreon and say, can I please just be anonymous? I don't want people to know my name and I'm more than happy. I'm more than happy to do that. I'm just stoked that you're supporting me. The reason I started doing this is because people seem to really enjoy it and I want people to individually know that I appreciate them. But if you don't want to be known, you don't have to be known. <laughs> Thank you, Alexa Crowshar, Shea Sharp, and, and Liz Rojas. Thank you, guys. Thank you so, so much. Okay. Gosh, I'm a rambler. Woohoo! I'm a rambler. I also, before, before flowing into this flowy interview with the very flowy Heidi Stevens, I, I wanted to ask you to think for a moment about what makes a rich life like what would make you feel super wealthy I think for most of us the baseline of that would be freedom and that is one of the main values that money represents like freedom from the stress of worrying about living paycheck to paycheck being able to buy whatever food you want to buy and I do think that wealth is very, very different for everyone. And I made some really hard choices last year that I'm really grateful that I made now this year. I really cut back on my coaching practice to be able to finish my novel because I really wanted to pursue that as really a second career here in, to run alongside Hippie Witch. And... It's a choice that makes me feel wealthy. Like I have the freedom to do this. I had to tighten up my budget quite a bit to pull it off, but I feel really good about it. That makes me feel wealthy. That makes me feel expansive. That makes me feel like I'm living the kick-ass life of my dreams. And I know that plenty of you, just because I know from hanging out with you online, would consider yourselves to be living in the lap of luxury and constant inspiration if all you had was like your own little garden and daily access to a to a forest and a kitchen to make your tinctures like I know so many of you do not ask much of the world like you want the freedom that, that financial stability provides but you're not dreaming of like a Beverly Hills mansion and the latest fanciest $80,000 car uh, my son is a good example of this. He would endure many long hours of nasty, hard labor if you paid him in golf balls, which is why he needs an advocate and why he has me. <laughs> a rich life to me is really about the daily living of it. And even more like micro than that, it's about the details. It's about the little things. It's about buying a vinyl record and then actually taking the time to obsess on that record until I'm so sick of it, I need to move on to the next record. <laughs> but it's like listening to music, reading a book, getting really excited about whatever series I'm into, taking the time to prepare the perfect cup of tea. It's all these little micro moments that I feel like I'm living a really luxurious, beautiful, rich life. And 
me saying this is partly inspired by the content to come here with this interview, but also now that we are apparently entering the season of the hardcore introvert, where we are all going to be housebound for a rather long time, it's a great time for reflection and reevaluating your personal values, reevaluating your values <laughs> around money around friendship, around all the things, all the things. I think it's time for that kind of reflection. And because this really has been such a cut and paste job, my lungs are like, no, stop talking, ladies, stop it. <laughs> I'm just going to roll right into that interview now. Without any further ado, here is Heidi. Hi, Heidi. Welcome to Hippie Witch. Thank you so much for having me. Let's talk about the Feminine Collective. Sure. Tell me what you'd like to know. I would like to know. Well, here's what's interesting to me. A lot of the languaging around what you do as the founder of the feminine collective involves the word feminine, femininity, working with feminine principles. And funny enough, that is a hard word for some people to grapple with. We were just having a conversation about this this morning over on Discord. Women sometimes struggle with the idea of like women's empowerment mm -hmm. and masculine versus feminine and just this whole conversation erupted. And I thought, interesting, I'm talking to Heidi today, so she'll have something to say about this, I bet. Yeah, I do have something to say about it. My experience has been, you know, I think things have evolved so much over time. And we came from a period, you know, it's like we made such a movement in the seventies of, you know, we're equal and we can put on our pantsuits and go to work and climb the corporate ladder and the women's movement. And then there's, you know, been a, then there's like, okay, wait, how do we, um, how do we do it all? Because the reality is, is that if we're in the boardroom kind of competing with our male counterparts, how do we also have dinner made and have children and actually find like our own sense of self in, in, you know, on that side of it. And so this is not about being, when I came out with the feminine collective, this is not about being a feminist. This is not about, um, the me too movement. This is not about an againstness towards men. This really is about identifying and honoring the feminine uh, essence inside of each one of us. And I believe that whether we are male or female, we all have both masculine and feminine energies. And the reality is, is that the Western way of doing things does not honor or see or hold up the feminine way of doing things. We think the only way to move ahead, to get ahead is to compete with the best of them, to work 12 hours a day to really push and manipulate and force things forward. And my own personal experience has been is that that was the, that was the way that I had a ton of a burnout, adrenal fatigue, tons of health challenges and opportunities. And when the more that I started peeling back, what does it mean to be feminine? What does it mean to look at the softer side? What does it mean to dive into more of my spirituality and co-creative ways and really combined those with the masculine things that I'm already doing, more abundance, more flow, more manifestations, more co-creation has happened in my life and my business. So 
feminine for you is about embracing what? Like a softer approach? It is about tapping into, I guess you would say a softer approach. I would say coming from a more heart-centered place, an intuitive place, listening to my gut, trusting that above anything else, despite what my mind or what society has to say about it, and really coming from a place of creativity and intuition versus forcing, have to, strategy, making plans, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You actually did have success in, is, the, is real estate a male dominated field? Is that true? So I was in commercial real estate, which is absolutely a male dominated field. Okay. Real estate, you know, residential real estate, I'd say not so much, but commercial real estate, absolutely. And you created success in commercial real estate. You were building a multiple seven figure real estate company. Correct. Okay. And And I did it in a very masculine way and Mm -hmm. um, also experienced a ton of burnout, exhaustion, adrenal fatigue. And what happened was that while I was doing that, I was literally investing all of the money that I was making back into myself and my own personal development and my own spiritual teachings and healers and gurus and etc. And, and through that process, it started in commercial real estate and then now has transferred into this business. I have been finding kind of my balance and my flow and like, how, how do I create quote unquote success in a more balanced, in a more feminine way? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm very opposite. I think my creation process in terms of like, I just came up sort of scrappy and creative and like, just make it up as you go along. Mm -hmm. And what I've encountered in the spiritual space, we'll say, is that there are a couple of different approaches. And one of the approaches is I came up through corporate America and I kicked butt and I made a bunch of money. And now exactly what you said, adrenal burnout, or just a feeling of like, there must be something more or some piece of me feels lost. And so it's interesting to see women in particular, because you work with women specifically coming at it from two different sides of, of the stick, so to speak. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, and at, the, at the end of the day, like I'm taking a stand for women building businesses and lives in a sustainable way that you know, can be replicated over time. I think so much of the time we think like, oh, I've got to just force and push. And, and like you're saying, like, yeah, if you're coming from a more creative spiritual route, you do probably need more fire. You need more like go and get it done and, you know, kind of put your head down if you will. And I am all for that as well. Like that's the way that I oftentimes just you know, it's like, I'm not saying one way is better than another. Um, I'm opening up the conversation with the collective and I'm, I'm giving voice and shining light to there. There is a, a real, there's a deeper place that we can all come from tapping into our more spiritual ways, combining, combining the strategy, combining the structure to create the wealth, the success, the, the manifestations that we want. Mm-hmm. So the, the feminine collective specifically, can you tell us what that is? 
Sure. It's recently shifted in the last couple of months. It is currently a platform. It's a brand. Uh, we are creating content. We are. We just shifted my podcast from the Soul of Business to the Feminine Collective, and we are a we're a brand that at the core our mission is to support women in expanding their consciousness. Uh, to listen to their own intuition and to experience more alignment, freedom, and overflow in their lives. And the way that we are supporting women in doing this is both through free content. We then are putting on our first festival this June here in Los Angeles. I run mastermind and coaching groups that are more intimate between 10 and 15 women. And this year we'll also be doing a retreat for the women in the collective. Oh, nice. So it's literally a collective of women. It is literally a collective of women. <laughs> and, and for, and when I, so I launched it last July about, you know, about nine months ago. Mm-hmm. And I originally launched it as a paid membership and there was some coaching and ongoing content in it. And, and it wasn't that it wasn't working. It just, it, it just wasn't quite land, fully landing in the way that I was desiring. I've done big launches before. I've done pretty large group programs with, you know, 50 women at a time, et cetera. And it just, it felt like the collective needs to reach more of the masses. It needs to have more impact. And so the collective is, is it's a brand. If you've listened to one episode of the podcast, if you've watched my Insta story, if you feel called to participate in the raise your vibration challenge or the festival, or if you want to work with me more intimately in a coaching capacity in my mastermind, you know, be part of the collective, but it's really about a movement. It's about women desiring to expand their consciousness and co-create and manifest in the real world and doing that in a way that feels truly in alignment and, and experiencing more freedom in their life. Do you find that your experience in real estate serves this, this new thing that you're doing? Are you able to then Take a more business-minded approach, for example, to setting something up like the Feminine Collective, helping other women entrepreneurs run their own businesses to where it's more than just, you know, it's more than just a podcast. How are you going to pay your bills? That kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I mean, I've, I've always been gifted with a business mindset, I'd say. That's something that I've just I've just always had. And I don't know if you know this, but for the first two and a half years that I, once I shifted out of uh, commercial real estate and into the online space, I was running more business consulting groups and courses. Mm. And so to answer your question, absolutely. I, you know, I, I talk a lot about the art of sales. I talk a lot about leadership and hiring and team in the previous courses that I have done. You know, we talk about setting up uh, your business structure. And so those things are still available to people. And I work with women in my mastermind at the end of the day, I talk a lot about money mindset and up-leveling your wealth consciousness. At the end of the day, it's... What do I want to say here? I'm much more interested in talking about expanding your consciousness and really elevating your wealth consciousness versus like setting up a funnel. Right. I've just found that every single time that I try to go to like the magic bullet or the, you know, find the exact strategy... 
it's just like, it's, it's not about what someone else is telling me. It's got to come from within. And are there basic principles or practices in terms of how to put together an offering or, you know, how to get your business up and running and get your first five clients? 100%. In general, those typically aren't the women that are totally attracted to the deeper work. Cause the reality is, is that they're still in survival mode and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're fully in survival of like, how am I going to pay, you know, how am I going to make a thousand dollars this month to pay my rent next month? You're actually not able to go into the deeper spiritual conversations because you're, it's like, you still are, you still just have to like pay your rent. So the, the, the deeper conversation of how do I actually, you know, co-create a life of spiritual principles is, is more attuned to someone that is, that is a little bit further along in their path, in their business path, than how do I get my first couple of clients? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I've, again, and I think this is why it's fun to have you on. I've experienced the opposite. Like this group, tends to the people that are listening now tend to focus almost exclusively on the spiritual, on the personal development, on the shadow work, going deeper, mm-hmm. expanding consciousness, but then not, you know, paying bills is actually the next step for them. They're coming at it from a completely opposite direction of what you're describing. And I understand that very well as a person who like spent my twenties, for example, being like, I am a starving artist, you know, some months I have a lot of money and some months I don't and we, and, uh, you know, I'm in my forties now. It's quite different, mm-hmm. but I've had that experience and I understand that fear around money that you can frame it in a way that money is not spiritual it's really just fear, but you can frame it that way and you can keep it out of your life very cleverly for a long time and do all the yes. spiritual things and seem yes. very evolved. <laughs> so it's interesting to me that you're presenting it as, well, actually, this is the next step after you can pay your bills. Well, and I think the conversation you know, that's coming to me with, with that person is, is it's not... It's, it is, for me, it is actually one and the same. It is about you know, money isn't like, what are those limiting beliefs? What are those stories? What is, you know, how are you making money bad or wrong? And what work needs to be done around the fact that money actually is a spiritual entity, you know, energy is currency, currency is money. And so there's so much work to be done around that from, I believe from a spiritual perspective, it's not so much of, how do you get better at sales? It's what are your beliefs around having and receiving, which receiving is a feminine quality. Mm-hmm. Um, what needs to happen inside of you to elevate that consciousness so that you can call in more money? Yeah. Do you find that when you were younger and when you were hustling in the commercial real estate side of things, were you very comfortable in that area? Like in terms of just, you were talking about adrenal burnout, like, could you just kind of push through intellectually, get it done, get it done, meet the rules. But then there was, you know, just this deeper part of you that was, did you feel cut off? I guess is what I'm asking from the feminine side of you that was then calling out. How did that first show up for you? So for me, I was very all or nothing. So I would go and I'd work for like four days or four weeks at a time. And then my body would just 
literally give out. I would push and push and then I would just get sick or I would just feel like I can't do this anymore. Um, I would have a lot of, you know, I had a very like up and down cycle. So I would go, I would totally hustle, you know, I'd make whatever, a big check. And then I would just, I would like go to Africa for three weeks by myself when I was like 24 years old Mm. and just try and like escape. It was very much like constantly trying to escape the reality that I had to show up consistently in my business. And the truth was, is I, you know, I, on one hand, I didn't have to just the nature of the real estate business. I could kind of like shut down for a period of time. Um, but what it created inside of me is this very, it's a huge divide. You know, I always say like, I'd literally be in like stilettos and a pencil skirt in Beverly Hills negotiating on a $2 million deal. And then I'd come home at five o'clock and, and put on a white caftan and go sit in a women's circle talking to my angels at night. And there just was something inside of me that was like, something here just doesn't add up. Like, how do I merge these worlds and how do I find my own path? in both of these. And hence the work that I've been doing online for the last three and a half years. I feel like for the first time in my life, I'm actually being the most authentic version of me. And I'm talking about all of it and that it isn't necessarily one or the other. It truly is the combination of both that creates the magic. When you were describing that, I could clearly see like it's playing two different roles. I've noticed a lot of my clients are coming from the corporate world and they want to have conversations about consciousness and mindfulness and even shadow work and things like that, even within the corporate structure. And this is really interesting to me. I think people just want to be who they are across the board instead Mm -hmm. of having like these little compartmentalized pieces of their life that they're hopping in and out of. Well, it's very exhausting, right? To like try and compartmentalize. I think especially as women, like we are the gatherers, um, we are not the hunters. And so the more that we're trying to, you know, this is work and this is home life. It's like, it's, it's just not authentic. And it's in my experience, it's not sustainable. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so fluid now in both directions that the conversation is getting more nuanced and more complex and more personal. Have you found that that happens at your events or is everybody pretty on board with like the feminine? We are the gatherers. We are the receivers. We're coming from heart space. I think that most of the women that I attract are coming in pretty exhausted, whether it's from whether it's from their business, whether it's just from trying to kind of hold everything up. I work with about 60 to 70% of moms and, you know, there's just, it's just exhausting whether or not you're running a super successful business, uh, socially being a mom, being a wife, having a home. Um, not that everyone is you know, partnered or has husbands, I think there's this, there's this really, there's this, a real desire to find it, to find a new way of doing things. So mm-hmm. they're intrigued and they're, they're like, huh, this is like a new, a, a new conversation. And I am interested in diving deeper into this. I'd say most, most of the women that I have coming in 
it's not that they're new to the spiritual conversation, they're desiring more of it. And then the women that are already kind of very tuned in or, cl- or clued into the spiritual, they're like, whoa, Heidi's got some serious fire here that I want to tap into. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just, I, it's not one or the other. It, I think it's one of like, I very humbly say this, like it's one of the gifts that I've been given in this world is I am able to have a strong footing in, in both. And it's, it's been one of my, um, biggest like challenges to come over in my lifetime is like, am I this or am I this? Am I spiritual or am I like of the world and in (laughs) Beverly Hills, you know? And it's just been this constant journey of you can have it all and you can be both. And it doesn't mean that you have to do it all. And it doesn't mean that you have to hold it all. There really is just a, a, a real exhale in, in finding my truth in finding your truth and finding the way that it works for you. And it's going to be different for everyone. You know, everyone has their own situations, their own needs, their own financial setups, their own, you know, agreements with their partners, um, their own desires for how big they want their business to get. And so I am by no means standing here and saying, this is the way, this is the one way. If anything, I am taking a stand for women listening to their own intuition. And if you need more skills or strategy, awesome. If you need more softness and spirituality and tuning in, fantastic. Really like all are welcome. Mm -hmm. You're a mom. I am. You're a mom. You're running a business. You are holding space for other women to balance mom life and run a business potentially. So how are you finding your center in that because now you're supporting your kids as a mom and mm-hmm. yourself as a, as a human person and the other women that are coming to the feminine collective for support and community. So is it your fire? Like, how are you holding all that down? No, it's not my fire. It's my, my commitment to myself and my own inner work that I believe allows me to do all of this. Um, I'm not one to also, it's like, I'm, I'm very open with the fact that, um, I have a lot of support. I believe that delegating and asking for support, it can be easy to look at someone and just go, Oh, well, she can afford it. Or she lives that. But the truth is, is there was a time when I couldn't afford an assistant. There was a time when I, you know, made a decision. Am I going to put, you know, $3,000 in my pocket every single month? Or am I going to actually invest back into my business and my life and hire someone that the first time I hired someone, I was 25 years old and I hired someone who was 24 years old. And from that point forward, it's been almost 15 years. I've continued to, um, really leverage and learn how to delegate. And so it's not, it's a few things. Number one, I don't think that I can do it all. Number two, I, it's one of our biggest line items on my husband and I's businesses and both professionally and personally is the support that we surround ourselves with. And number three, if you looked at my calendar, mostly on a weekly basis, probably a third of my time, um, my own like quote unquote personal time outside of my kids is actually doing my inner work. My, you know, whether it's going to acupuncture or working with my coach or my spiritual mentor or exercising, I, when I am in a good place and I am vibrating high and I'm clear and I'm focused, I literally feel like I can 
get more done in two hours than most people can get done, you know, in eight. Mm -hmm. So for me, just sitting behind a computer and kind of spinning is just like the worst use of my time. I'd much rather go for a walk on a beach or go take an, you know, or go up and meditate or do breath work. I actually wrote a post about this yesterday on Insta story. I was like sitting on my computer, working on a new project. I was feeling pretty blocked. And, but I was like, I need to get this done today. I need to get clarity on it. Like it needs to move forward. And so I feel like normally like one choice I had was like sit here for three hours and like kind of write some copy and like get something done. Right. Cause it's like, I, it needed to get done. But instead I went upstairs, I turned on breathwork, breathwork meditation, 1130 you know, in the middle of the day, I took myself through a breath work session. I got really clear on what my intention was and the clarity just came through. And I wrote the copy for the sales page in 20 minutes. It just was like, boom. Um, I'm not saying that that works for everybody all the time, but I find when I'm in a good place, I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I'm a better business owner and I can hold space for other people. So delegation, and you first, basically, in terms of your energy, managing your energy. I, it reminds me of that whole sharpen the axe thing. I'm really unapologetic about taking care of myself. And some people could look at me and go, wow, she's selfish with her time. Or who does she think she is taking up so much time for herself? And I'm like, I kind of don't care <laughs> because I know how I'm able to be in the world when I'm in a good place. And that's what that's what my kids need. That's what my husband needs. That's what the world needs. Absolutely. Yes. I always say for me, like the first warning sign is resentment. I can't do my job from that place. hundred percent. Yeah. I, ha I, ha I guard my time so jealously. You may not have it because I, I can't show up when I feel like everybody's pulling on me and picking on me and wanting something from me. I've gotten really good at I call them the blinders of sacrifice. I, I put uh -huh. them on and then it's like everything outside the blinders. I cannot see. It doesn't matter if it's 200 people who think their email is pressing. If I go there, then nothing will get done. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also, I love the, you know, the talk about resentment as a, you know, as a sign. Um, I often say that's a, that's a real clue that you're not charging enough and that you're not receiving enough back in terms of your energetic exchange. Mm -hmm. Whenever I hear clients going like, Oh, this client did this and this client did this and this client did this. I, you know, it's like, let's have a conversation around the boundaries. Let's have a conversation around your charging. Would you still feel that way? If you were, you know, charging three times what you're charging now and they're like, Oh no, I'd happily show up. And I'm like, okay, there you go. Right. Yes. Yeah. For me, it's a time thing. I, for, it's just time, time, time. I want a certain amount of time to myself. And if I don't have little breaks in between to do nothing, <laughs> to twirl across my living room and yes. stare out the window for a minute, then I, that's when the resentment will happen. If I feel like I'm just hopping from person to person to person to person. So and there's, good. No, there's no price on that for me too. It, that's what's interesting. Like it, yeah. At a certain point, someone paying for your time, it's one thing, but at the same time, you can't sell it all. Do you know what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah. Wow. So this is interesting. What's this festival about that's coming up? Um, we're doing a one-day festival in June. It's in Topanga at an indoor-outdoor space, and it's called the Feminine Collective Festival. The theme this year will be Raise Your Vibrations, Mind, Body, and Soul. 
And it's really an interactive experience with headlining speakers and mindful activations. Um, we'll be offering breath work and a sound bath and high vibrational food throughout the day for people to really just drop in, you know, drop into uh, expansion, drop into the vortex. The intention is that women walk out of this one day feeling energized, feeling inspired, feeling clear on their next steps and feeling like they've connected with other high vibrational women. Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned the word vibration a bunch, and that is a word I tend to pick on here. So I feel like we have to pull it out and examine it from, from the Heidi Stevens perspective. <laughs> well, first of all, what is your perspective on like a high, you said something about high vibrating food, high vibrating people. Mm -hmm. I see here in some notes I have, you talk about activating the law of vibration. Like what is this about for you? Well, I think from a scientific perspective, you know, when you break down atoms, they're all vibrating at a certain frequency and a certain energetic level. And so, um, everyone and everything is made up of some type of frequency, of some type of vibration. And I know that when we begin to elevate ourselves vibrationally, whether that's mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, we become a, it's a, you know, the law of attraction, like attracts like. And so activating the lie of vibration is starting to become aware of where you're currently vibrating. And whether that is from a financial perspective or from a physical perspective or from a mental emotional perspective, we have choice every single day as to whether we're going to stay right where we are and the makeup of your environment, the makeup of what you see around you, this isn't good or bad. It's simply a makeup of all the choices that you've made in your life up until this point. So if we want to create something new, if we want to attract something new, we need to start making choices from a higher vibrational energetic in all those different ways. And when we start making a decision and making choices from a higher vibration, typically what happens is that there's a gap. So there's where you are and then there's where you want to go. And when you start living into where you want to go, all of the things that have been holding you back or that are like the limiting beliefs or the shadow work or the, you know, the, the trauma that is, is keeping you exactly where you're at, those will naturally bubble up. I don't think that we have to go on an excavation hunt to do our inner work and to do the deeper work. It shows itself when we're ready to clear and heal it. And so when we start making decisions and we start taking actions from a, from a higher vibration, I can share what those you know look like and, and mean to me, um, the things that need to be cleared and healed will naturally bubble up um, so that we can heal them so that we can move through them and reach a higher frequency in plane. So you're saying, you know, if I decide I want to make a million dollars this year and I'm currently making $80,000 a year, that in reaching for that and trying to raise my vibration to that, then all of the fear, all of the logistical issues that may keep me from that will bubble to the surface to be dealt with? In the most simplest form, yes. Um, in that example that you just gave, 
I don't believe that someone that's making $80,000 can really understand or fully feel into what it looks like to 10 times your income in a one year period. That That's typically a really hard thing for the conscious mind to wrap their head around. So in that scenario, in my experience, what typically happens is you go, I want to make a million dollars. I want to make a million dollars. And you do the affirmation over and over and over again. And yet in the next split second, your mind brings up all of the reasons why it believes that it can't, or it shouldn't, or it all the resistance. And so my encouragement around, if someone's talking about money is to go from something that you actually believe could be possible for you. So I'm not here to tell one person is, you know, one thing, but when someone, you know, people are, people say that all the time, how am I possibly like, I've been saying, I'm going to make $10,000 a month. I'm going to take $1,000 a month. And it's, and it hasn't happened. Why hasn't it happened? It's because on a subconscious level, you don't believe it actually can happen. And there's all of these reasons. So let's actually pick an affirmation. Let's pick a vibrational sentence, whatever it is that you want to call it, that actually feels like it could be locked into your subconscious and that you could actually believe it. And then from there, you're saying whatever needs, yes, whatever it needs to either be healed or needs to be strategically. If you need to know more business, if you need to get more support, you're going to be led to that, that thing, that opportunity, that, that person in order for you to either heal internal limiting beliefs or receive the information that you need to have. Mm-hmm. And so is the support that you're doing with the feminine collective, someone comes to the group and says, hey, I have this belief that needs to be healed. Is that something that you work on together? In my, in my high-touch masterminds, absolutely. So when you're talking about like high-vibration food, for example, like what would mm-hmm. that look like? So I'll give you an example personally. Um, for me... Um, you know, I have been just feeling called recently. I'm like, I just need more greens. I can feel like my body, like needing more, you know, vegetables and just, and I'm, again, everybody's different. So everyone knows, I think, I believe that everyone knows on an intuitive level, uh, what they're wanting more or less of. Right. So I recently, started eating on this food plan. It's called Saqqara. I've been doing it for about three to four weeks and it's, you know, all organic, all blah, blah, blah. And for the first two weeks, I'm like, okay, I can feel like I can, I feel better. I'm clear in my head. I'm clear in my eyes. I also like completely stripped away, uh, drink, started drinking a lot, lot, lot less alcohol. I'm someone that likes to have a glass of rosé at night as a way to calm and, you know, put my kids to bed. And I was like, I know that that obviously alcohol is a depressant. Like this is not supportive for me going to where I want to go. And so stripping that away, getting on the Saqqara food plan, drastically limiting the amount of espresso I'm having, I can feel myself vibrating at a much, much higher level. I have more energy. I have more clarity. I have more like I'm, I'm sustaining throughout the day so much more, you know? And so it's like, that's a very simple, like 
what I'm putting in my body. I also feel like, okay, I need a little bit of protein. I'm noticing that my workouts, I don't have as much energy. So yes, the Saqqara is great and this like vegan thing is fine, but I, and a plant-based lifestyle feels good to me. And I'm going to add in a piece of chicken every other day or some turkey slices for my lunch. Um, and I've even noticed that like, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I feel, I feel a little bit better. So you're talking about health and vibrancy. The reason I like to pick on the word vibration is I definitely went through a phase of, I mean, I live in Los Angeles. I I ate a high vibe, raw vegan diet, like all of that. And I started seeing a lot of mental illness emerging around me in that community. People that were very, very obsessed with almost a superstitious belief in positivity and a denial of sort of the reality around them. And I really developed a dislike of that whole situation. (laughs) And I started talking about like the dissension movement, like getting grounded, getting connected. Mm -hmm. So my audience has heard me talk about this Mm -hmm. quite a bit. And so when you were saying vibration, I just wanted to get clear about like what that means for you, because I don't get the sense that that's what you're teaching people. But it's interesting. That language is really interesting to me. And it's kind of just fun, I think, to find out how other people are approaching it. And when I hear you talk about it, I'm hearing a certain practicality, even like going back to what you were saying about money and like, okay, fine. Like if you're making $80,000 a year, setting your goal as a million dollars is how on board are you going to be able to get with that if you haven't been able to get on board with it till now. Yeah. I mean, I'll just give you like a super basic, like this is just my experience. When I buy an apple from Trader Joe's, it tastes one way. When I buy an apple from the guy at the farmer's market, it tastes a different way. It feels like it has a higher vibration when I'm purchasing it from the farmer's market. It tastes different. It tastes better. It feels good. Like, mm. like, like, so it's like you take that example of an apple and take it through all, you know, areas of your food. I'm not here to tell somebody to be vegan or gluten-free or like everybody is so, or paleo or whatever, like, I'm not running any type of programming over someone. It's like, listen to your body, listen to yourself. What do you need in this moment? What do you, what, if your body needs meat, awesome, eat meat. If a glass of wine sounds good, fucking enjoy that glass of wine. Like, you know, like who, who am I to say? Like no one here needs to be like playing God. And I think that's the challenge that I see is like, And whether it's with your community or my community or whatever, like everyone wants a roadmap. Everyone wants to be told what they, what to do. And, and I'm, I'm like calling BS. It's like, listen to yourself, be willing to have the courage and the audacity to go, you know what, if I want to make a million dollars, I'm going to freaking roll up my sleeves and do whatever I need to do and go and talk to whoever I need to go to and get myself into enough conferences and get, surround myself with the right people and learn how to sell a hundred thousand dollar program so that I can go and do that. And maybe it's going to require that I get burnt out and maybe that's the direction that I have. That's what I had to do. Mm. I had to go and have a $250,000 launch to realize, actually, I don't want to do it that way. So how do I rewire my system and how do I serve at a different level and a different frequency so that 
what I am doing feels really good and feels sustainable. Yes. My word of the year is groovy um, because I want to get there. But I want to feel groovy while I'm You want to feel it. groovy while you get there. Yes. And so you know what? It might take you a little bit longer than the next person. It may or may not. But I promise you this. I know enough people and run in enough circles, both in this online world and outside in the online space, to know that there are plenty of people making millions and millions and millions of dollars that are miserable. Oh, yeah. And I'm not here to say that money is evil. Like I celebrate money. I love nice things. I love beautiful things. I believe that one of the things that my husband and I have been able to do while we, we have our own stuff around money, everyone has their own stuff around money. We have been intentional about taking care of ourselves and supporting ourselves with our teams while we have grown our businesses. Um, and we have continued to do our mindfulness and spiritual practices while building so that we can live an intentional life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just got on my preaching. That's okay. I'm I'm all about a good soapbox. And I appreciate you poking holes because there is a lot of people, you know, with a lot of fluffy languaging and a lot of alignment and vibration and manifesting. And here's the reality. Like I could sit back and go, well, there's so many people talking about it. And there's all these people that really haven't experienced it and they're online. And I've got friends that are amazing coaches and so gifted and they're holding themselves back and they're not actually showing up for themselves because there's so much crap out there. And yeah, it takes a lot of courage to like, move through that and find my own voice. But at the end of the day, all I can do is like show up and be the most authentic version and say, this is my life. This is what I've manifested. This is what I've attracted. This is, this is what I currently struggle with. This is how I've done it. This is what I'm wanting for my future and, you know, take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's good. Authenticity is another one of those words that's just so popular right now, but it means something. Like I really appreciate when someone can just show up as who they are, as who they genuinely are, because because of the words, because of the the fancy, beautiful, plinky, plunky words. I just love when an actual human punches through that and I get a sense of who they are and what their life is about. How do you manage being authentic while still holding personal boundaries and being, you know, professional? You have an extraordinarily beautiful brand. It's beautiful. It's, it's the picture postcard of the life, I think, that a lot of people really dream of having. So how do you maintain that? With, I don't even your... know if that's a compliment, right? Because it's like, I get, I hear that from people and I'm like, okay, like I don't, I, people say that and I'm like, ugh, like it feels so unrelatable and yet it's genuinely just me. And so to answer your question, um, you know, I, I feel like I've just like, I try to be as real as I can with where I'm at in the moment um, without using my online platform or my clients as a way to process. So mm. it's like, how do, like, I'll be really honest and vulnerable when I get on. I don't know if you've ever, you know, I, I feel like I'm pretty honest and vulnerable with my Insta story to publicly. And then I'm really honest with my kind of inner circle, with my masterminds and with my communities. And when they come to my home or they come to an event, I'm like, yep, like, here's what's up. Like, 
I haven't slept in five days because my kid is, you know, X, Y, and Z. And there's times where I feel like I'm losing my mind. And yet here are the choices that I'm making on a daily basis to try and, you know, overcome that. So I just try and like be real with where I'm at, but all the while, like having a quote unquote positive slant. And it's not like the positive slant is being fake. I genuinely feel like it's who I am. Like I am someone that's done enough work on myself personally to that I truly believe at my core that anything that's happening at any given time is for me. And yeah. it can get really messy and it can get really hard. And and there are times where I just fully break down in tears or feel like I can't do this anymore. You know, I went to your yeah. Instagram to do some investigating and I really appreciated your videos in particular because, I mean, there is an undeniably beautiful aesthetic and that is to your credit. <laughs> that, that's a positive for sure. But you are teaching something like a simple meditation, for example, but it's coming from a very authentic place. It feels like, oh, this is a friend that I'm sitting down with in my living room there's no like, let me put myself on a platform with a turban on my head and talk down to you at all. There's none of that. I definitely get a sense of who you are as a person, Heidi. Well, that's great. I appreciate you saying that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It really comes across. And that I think is why I have so many questions, you know, about Mm -hmm. like money and the, the seven figure real estate company and the, all of this stuff is very intriguing. And I want to hopefully help demystify that for some people and take the us and them and bring it all together into one big us, if that makes sense. It does. It, it does make a lot of sense. And yeah, like I'm, I'm here to, to share, to share my experience, to share what's gotten me here. You know, there's really... There's really nothing to hide. I I will say that one of the things that I personally struggle with and I think can often be judged from the outside is, oh, Heidi just married, you know, somebody really rich. Um, my husband is still in, in commercial real estate. And um, it's something that I'm like, that I like, I struggle with. And then I come back to my truth, which is um, number one. I was very, very, very successful in my own right before meeting him. Number two, uh, just for what it's worth, I met him when we merged our businesses. We actually, my husband and I met in real estate and then we merged our businesses and he was making probably, like we were making the same amount at that time, which was probably like a quarter of what he's making now. And I have no doubt that the the work that we have done as a couple and the quote unquote energetics and the like <laughs> spiritual nature and the beliefs around wealth consciousness and spirituality and doing our inner work truly is what has lifted him up. What is like, you know, co-created our, our home, our family, our lifestyle. And every single time that I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to invest in this last year, I invested in this like $30,000 mastermind to quote unquote, like get the magic bullet to scale my business to multiple seven, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I was just like, I couldn't like run fast enough. Like I got in, I was all in for a month. And then I was just like, this is so not me. Like this is so inauthentic. Sure, I could do it because I can do things. Like, yeah, I can like do that thing, 
but it doesn't like feel good. It doesn't feel true. And so that's just been my experience. So I'm, I'm hosting a, um, a workshop tomorrow in Marina Del Rey called Uplevel Your Wealth Consciousness and, and the Energy of Money. And because it's a very real topic. And when I do approach people or, or like, you know, different organizations for collaborations around business, it seems to be the number one topic that people want to talk about. Cause it mm-hmm. is obviously, as we know, money is like the number one trigger and it's, um, it's what so it makes not- it such a great subject. It brings talk about raising your vibration and then it brings up everybody's junk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Which is good and healthy as you know. Yeah. Right. And I think too, with, the, with your husband, it's like, you said it earlier, like attracts like, and of course a successful woman in real estate would meet a successful man in real estate and fall in love because there's a certain understanding there. That's a special position to be in. And you would have a certain understanding of each other that other people might not have. Yeah. And what, and what's interesting in that, I just have to say this is that him and I knew each other for almost eight years uh, before we got, so we, we met each other, we dated for a hot minute and then I was in love with him. I was like, oh, this, he's everything I want, blah, blah, blah. And he was playing the field and the whole, you know, kind of typical thing. And it actually wasn't until I did a lot of work around the feminine and opening up and becoming more heart-centered and learning how to receive and really diving into that, that we actually then partnered up. He, as a very masculine man and he's a king you know he wanted a queen he he didn't want another king and so <laughs> you know i just think that's important to to note that it yes we understood each other on a lot of levels but it wasn't necessarily me like competing with him or you know being really like him that ended up attracting him it was me really doing a lot of inner work and being able to open up in a deeper way to receive his level of like, yeah, like we're going to do this together and have the partnership that we have. That's beautiful. And that's what you're helping women do with the feminine collective is open up to receive whatever it might be for them. It could be any number of things. That's right. So how, if for people that are listening on the go right now, what can you give them a URL so they can just have it? I'll link to it, of course, but if they're just on the go and, and want to look it up at their next stop. Yeah, come to my website, HeidiStevens.co. Okay. Um, and you can also find me at Instagram at Heidi Stevens. Mm-hmm. And then from there, everything from the Feminine Collective is like linked to, to the website and my Instagram. Okay. Okay. And and I always thank you so much for doing this, by the way. It was really mm-hmm. fun. I always end with the same question. So I will present that question to you now, Miss Heidi Stevens. And that is, what is one tip? It doesn't have to be the end all, but one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. Get, in, get into action. Get into action. From When you take action, you're going to receive feedback, positive or negative, and you're going to be able to feel into the, do you want to move forward? Do you, does, does that feel like a good energetic match or does it not? Don't get stuck in trying to figure it all out and, you know, with, your, with your brain. Get into action and more alignment will come from that. 
You know what's so awesome about that and is making me smile is right within the first second of saying that you said the word receive. Get into action and you will receive feedback. And that's such a key component. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes. How interesting. Get and into for the, action. And for the spiritual, for the spiritual woman, that's what she needs to that is that is what she needs to do more than anything is get into action, right? That's so powerful. Thank you so much for ending on that note. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me on. So that's it, my friends. That is my interview with Heidi Stevens of the Feminine Collective. And of course, there will be links here to all her stuff if you want to go check her out elsewhere online. Keep your eye out on social media. Open your newsletter so you don't miss this witchy town hall that I'm super excited about. I don't even know exactly what the details are yet but I think it's going to be Tuesday morning at 10 a.m and also we really are just getting rolling with the inner temple of witchcraft over on Patreon so if you want to do that we're talking about the mind the power of the mind this month and we just had a really cool video go up I say it's cool it's a video I made but my kid is in it so I think it's extra cool talking about energy balls energy balls and and the laying on of hands and things like that like moving energy with your hands I think it's a really fun video that's up on patreon right now and next week I've already recorded this so I can say with full confidence that you're gonna love 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 next week's episode because I interviewed Carolyn Elliott about existential kink it's super awesome it's super edgy it's going to be a polarizing rock and roll conversation with a kick-ass switch so stay tuned my friends stay tuned stay healthy stay home wash your hands don't touch your face hug a tree and until we meet again much love to you peace